0: How many of you have heard of the fairness doctrine? Anybody heard of that? Okay. In essence, there are some people in our government who want to require that if you assert a certain viewpoint on radio or TV, you must provide equal airtime for someone who has the opposite viewpoint. Now that may sound all fine and noble on the surface. But if you follow the discussion that's been going on, you know it involves much more than it appears. For example, think about our ministry. If I were preaching about some topic that the Bible says is wrong, maybe homosexuality or maybe abortion or something like that, if I were talking about that and we were doing our radio or TV program, we would have to devote half of our airtime to allowing someone else to come and to refute what I just shared with you from God's Word. And we have to pay for that we have to pay for somebody else now parents i want you to think about it think about sitting down with your kids tonight and saying guys i need to talk to you about something we need to talk about some things that we believe honors god in his word and how our family needs to operate you go on for about 15 minutes and you say okay we're going to close because we've got some other people that would like to come in and they'd like to just tell you the opposite way of looking at it wouldn't that be a blessing parents Because of all the dynamics and the impact that that would make, though it's represented as intending to encourage free speech, most people recognize that the so-called fairness doctrine for all practical purposes is an attempt by some of our government officials to move more and more towards limiting free speech in our country to keep some of the information that we need to know from being known by our citizens. Now, how devastating would that be to our country? How important has free speech been to our nation's history? If we don't know our history, if we don't know our country's founding documents, such as our Constitution, and if we're not informed about current events, about what's going on in Washington or in the courts and things like that, wouldn't it be easier for one day our government, if it it got so far in a direction that it, it just wanted to make that decision, wouldn't it be easier for our government just to take control of our lives? Because of a control of what? Information. Because of a lack of knowledge from the people, we can see that there will be many repercussions from that. All throughout our history, we have valued as a people that people have access to information, that people have access to knowledge, that people have the ability to pursue the truth wherever that might lead. That can be demonstrated in politics. It can be demonstrated in our educational opportunities. It can be demonstrated in religion. Now, I want you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, because it's in those verses that we're learning that God wants us to grow. And we're seeing some of the things that God has given us in order to help us grow. And God said, listen, I'm assuming, or Peter says, I'm assuming that you've experienced faith. That means... you've put your faith your trust in jesus christ you have received god's offer of salvation you've had your sins forgiven you've started a relationship with god you've been reconciled with god now you are a child of god and here's some things that you need to grow in here's some things that you need to add to that faith and last time anybody remember what we talked about god said we need to grow our what We need to grow our character. We talked about aiming higher in our lives. We talked about uh, God wanting us to raise the standards. That's one of the things that needs to happen in order for us to occur. We've got to make a decision that I'm not going to live like everybody else. Now, we're not just talking about Christians are big fuddy duds, okay? That's not what we talked about. We just said God has a better way of living than many of us usually expect. And if we want to grow, we've got to start thinking like that. But today, we want to think about the second one. He says in verse 5, Now for this very reason, since God wants you to grow, since you need to grow, applying all diligence, getting serious about it. Are you serious about your faith? Are you? you serious? Are you focused? Are you intent? Are you hungry? Applying all diligence in your faith, supply or add to it, moral excellence, that's what we call character, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. God says that knowledge is very critical to our lives in addition to raising the standards to aiming higher with our lives we need to be serious about gaining more knowledge about learning about understanding about acquiring more information about what god has in store for our lives i need to know what is true amen i need to know what is false? I need to know what is reality. What is right? What is wrong? I need to know a lot of things. That's why tonight in this series we want to talk about Lord help me to understand more. Give me knowledge. There are many things about life. There are many things about God. There are many things that are going on in this world that I do not yet know about or I don't I don't have the ability to understand. So Lord help me To learn more and the the word that peter uses in second peter in fact i mentioned already he uses it at least 16 times in some form or another in this four chapter book now that's a lot isn't it somebody wrote you i said if somebody wrote you a four page letter and they use the same word 16 times you say okay i'm starting to get it (laughs) apparently (laughs) that's something you're trying to tell me knowledge this word in some form or another is hammered all throughout the book of second peter God wants us to learn some things, to have a better understanding about life. So the first thing I want us to think about is this. How important is knowledge? Why is knowledge, why is understanding more in our lives, in our relationship with God, why is that something that we need, that we need to focus on, that we need to grow in? Well, in some sense, we just just illustrated that in talking about our country, isn't it? Isn't knowledge important? When I know the facts, when I know some information, I have the ability to make a better decision. There needs to be freedom of the exchange of ideas to express thoughts and to learn because eventually a lack of knowledge would cause us to probably lose our freedoms, wouldn't it? It could cause our country to become much different than we've known it. Think about it. How important is knowledge? Think about it for just a minute. If you have something that you're working on, a project that you're working on, but you don't know how to do it, if you're taking a math test, kids, and you don't know the answers, if you're open to God, but you don't know how to have a relationship with Him, what difference does that make? It makes a world of difference. It makes all of the kids say, yeah. When you don't know the math test, it's the difference between A or F. That's a big difference, isn't it? Parents like one, they don't like the other. Amen, kids? <laughs> In our lives, there are many things that we want to know, that we need to know and understand. How do I know? Have you ever asked yourself, how do I how can I know how to have a relationship with God? Have you ever wondered that question? i know things aren't right between me and god i know i don't have the relationship that how can i know how to have a relationship with god what is the right way to live my life anybody ever wonder that i remember shannon and i were starting out our marriage i remember being scared to death to get married i remember thinking i don't know how to be married i don't know how to be a man i don't know how to be a godly man i don't know how to manage money i don't know how to make decisions i don't know how to do this stuff amen anybody i need some knowledge at least somebody tell me i don't understand. Anybody ever wonder, what's my purpose for being on this earth? What difference would that make? If you had knowledge and understanding about what it is that you're living and walking and breathing for, wow, what a difference. What's the right way to manage my money? What's the best way to raise my kids? Anybody intimidated by being a parent? What do I do? How do I I face hard times? Is it okay? Is it because of me? Is it something that I've... what's reality here how do i deal with that in the book of second peter peter was writing to a group of people who had had some teachers come in and those teachers were purporting to be christian teachers and they were saying some things about god that were not true they were not correct in their teaching and peter was very concerned about that. He says listen you need to have some knowledge you need to have a better understanding about god why Because when those teachers come along, if I don't understand who God is, if I don't understand how he works, when somebody says to me, this is how God works, and this is how you're to walk with him, what am I going to do? I'm going to fall prey to that, aren't I? And I'm going to be going down a wrong path. And so Peter says, listen, specifically for their situation, you need to learn and understand some more things about God so that you can know how to truly walk with God and how to guard against those false teachers think about it in our lives how many voices do you hear every day it's constant isn't it there are there's a constant barrage of voices that are telling us this is the right way this is the choice you should make this is the thing you should buy this is the place you should go this is the job you should have you know everybody it's a relative on the phone it's a commercial on tv it's a person across the desk at work everybody has an opinion about the way that you should live your life and somebody says this is the right thing and somebody says that's the right thing how are you supposed to what no i think about the bookstore you go to the bookstore you ever go to the self-help department <laughs> one says i mean opposite one says do this and you read that and you go wow that makes a lot of sense the other says do this opposite well that makes a lot of sense i remember uh, being in philosophy class <laughs> minored in philosophy good grief i must have been a glutton for punishment but i'm minored in philosophy in my undergraduate program and i remember how depressing i mean if you're looking for truth this guy would say i found it over here i found a piece of it over here and he would kind of track down there and you'd be like oh that's cool and that kind of makes some sense man that sounds pretty good then you read this other philosopher he says well i kind of found something over here same thing as a bookstore just didn't get graded for it in the bookstore but this guy says this and this guy says that how do we know see how important truth is see how important that we have real knowledge and understanding about what god says for our lives it's the difference in knowing the truth or not that can be the difference in the direction for your life in fact uh, let me just give you one example that romans chapter 10 verse 14 i thought about how can you know about how to have a relationship with god in romans 10 verse 14 it says how then it says, whoever calls upon... Listen, here's the truth. Whoever... This is in verse 13. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes. Wow! That's some good information, isn't it? If we know God and what He's done for us and we call upon His name, He will save us from our sins. He will give us a relationship with God. That's knowledge that I need to have. Amen? Amen. This is in verse 14. How then will they call on Him whom they have not believed and how will they believe in him whom they have not what heard that's just another way of saying how can somebody put their trust in god if they don't even know that he's offered this to them and then it goes on to say the challenge to us and how will they hear how will they know without a preacher you go yeah that's your job no that's not what He's talking about it's talking about it's a much more general term it's talking about a proclaimer how will they know unless somebody let's just put it in our words instead of calling it a preacher let's call it a teller amen (laughs) we're not talking about the bank (laughs) how will they know unless somebody tells them knowledge is so important to our lives the second thing i want to talk to you about is how do we find where do we find that knowledge god says if we're going to grow in our relationship with him friend you've got to acquire some knowledge but but you may say where am i going to find that right here many of you are going to understand a little bit more about new hope as we talk about this what we're talking about right here this is why every time we get together whatever form it is if it's the worship service if it's your growth group that's meeting whatever it is that we're doing this weekend that seminar the whole focus was there is a book and god has done something what has he done he has revealed himself another way of of saying that is he has made himself known to us isn't that awesome there is a book now listen sometimes we have all this religious stuff in our heads and it just kind of garbles up things let's just let's just think about it very purely tonight i am a person and i know that i was created by god and i want to know who god is amen everybody with me What if I told you he wrote a book? He wrote a book and he told us who he is. It's God's love letter to us. God says, I don't want to hide myself. I don't want to conceal myself from you. I want you to know me, to have knowledge, to have understanding of who I am. So I wrote a book to tell you about myself and I I wrote a book to tell you what I want for your life. The place that you're going to grow, you're going to learn, you're going to understand better, where you're going to find out more knowledge, more information about what God wants for your life, look no further, is right here right. in this book. It's, it's, the word, it's God's Word. Peter emphasizes that here in these verses that we're looking at. He says, listen, I mean, he's emphasizing all through this book, you need to know some things, you need to know some things, you need to have understanding. Look at what he does in chapter 1, verse 16. He says, for we did not follow cleverly devised tales or fables or myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? We weren't just like these traveling salesmen false teachers. We're making up our own stuff. He says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Okay, they were authorized representatives of God. They were there. They saw him and what he did for when he received honor and glory from god the father such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory on the mount of transfiguration this is my beloved son with whom i am well pleased they heard that and we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven we were with him on the holy mountain so here's what we have he says we have the prophetic word he's just another way of saying god's word we have the bible the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Now that sounds like a dark place means we have no knowledge, right? We're in darkness. We're lost. We don't know what you've ever heard of it. Have it described that way? I'm lost? That's what it means to be, that's what it means to be without God. We're lost. That's another way of putting it. I don't know what to do, but there's a light shining in the darkness until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. It's just using the imagery there, that we need God to, to intersect with our lives. And he says, You can trust this, but know this, first of all. Uh, here's what people are going to tell you. Okay? And God saw this way ahead of time. Oh, I think a bunch of people just got together and made up a bunch of stories. If you do a serious study of the Bible, you cannot say that. I mean, you can think that if you want to, but it's not true. I mean, it is incredible. We've got a book actually on the back. How do you know the Bible's true? How can I trust the Bible? There's a little booklet back there just kind of a condensed version of many resources that are out there. You can look at the bibliography, go track down some of the information yourself. But that book just helps you to understand this is, at the very least, you have to say, this is the most amazing book that's ever been written. At the very least, you have to say, there is something special. There is something unique about it. It has been protected. It has been passed on. You would not believe how the scribes, the care that they took, to take care of this. It's amazing. It's incredible. He says, but know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. People didn't just make this up, is what he's saying. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Now, you don't have to believe that. I mean, the Bible is asserting that. You don't have to believe that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says about itself. And then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all Scripture... How much is all? Is that like seventy-five percent or ninety-three percent? All Scripture is inspired by God. Now that's translated into English to help us understand a little better with the word "inspired," but actually, it literally says, "All Scripture is God breathed." That's literally what it says right there. You can almost you can almost see God spit. You know, I don't mean to put it that way, but just, God's talking. It's God breathed. All Scripture is like that and profitable, what's it good for? For teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. I like to say what's right, what's wrong, getting right, and staying right. That pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? (laughs) He says, so that the man, the person of God, may be adequate, equipped for every good work. It sounds like the Bible has given us everything that we need to live our lives. Isn't that amazing to realize? I mean, again, if you just take all your, all your filters that you got in there, all your predispositions, all your pre, presuppositions, you know, all these biases that we have, or I heard this professor say this, all this kind of stuff, we can talk about that if you want to. But if let's just look at it purely here. If I said tonight, I wish I could know God, what if I told you he wrote a book? Wouldn't you want to read it? I mean, seriously. Wouldn't you want to read it? In fact, I want to challenge you to think about a few things. Think about this for just a moment. What if we did not have the Bible in our own language? Did you realize the Bible was not written in King James English? Some people think it was. That originally it was written. The people in ancient Greece knew English. Some people think that. Okay, the Bible was written in common Greek. Okay, or actually the New Testament was. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and just a little bit of Aramaic is found in there. Okay? That's what the Bible's written in. Raise your hand if you know common Greece of the first century A.D. I'm not raising my hand. Are you Chris? Are you Jeff? i've been exposed to it (laughs) i can't i passed (laughs) which is all that matters amen (laughs) what if the bible is in greek it'd all be greek to me amen seriously pull it out read it i got one out there in my in my office would you know would you know how to live for god Hebrew, anybody? That one's a real whammy. Ask Chris. He's taking it every Wednesday morning at 8 (laughs) o'clock. I mean, right to left, squigglies, it's crazy. All right? I'm glad somebody studied it. And they figured out, here's what it said in Hebrew, and here's what that means in English. Aren't you glad for that? Did you know there are at least 200 million people in this world who do not have the Bible in their own language? There's something wrong with that, isn't there? That's why I thank God for Wycliffe Bible translators and people like that who are working hard every day to make sure that people have the Bible in their own language. Thankfully, we have God's Word, but let me ask you this. Are you learning all that you can from this amazing book? What if somebody told you God wrote a book? He wrote you a letter. He wants you to know Him. You're living life, aren't you? And I'm looking at you, and I've talked to you, and I know me. We need some help doing that, amen? I I need to know some things, and God's given us his word. Listen, friends, I want to challenge you. Are you taking advantage of this incredible resource? That's where we're going to find the knowledge that Peter's talking about. If you want safety in your life, to not go astray, to know how to live, to know how to manage your money, to know how to make decisions, to know God is your Savior... You got a book to read, amen? Now, I want to ask you to think about some things, but, but, it, but as, I, as we talk about that, I do want to say this. I want to, what I'm saying to you to be a challenge, not a guilt thing. Reading your Bible is not just something that I should feel obligated to do more of. I mean, I've been in churches like that before, and, and I've heard pastors say, and I think, well, meaning, we all really need to read our Bibles more. That motivates me, amen? We all really need to do that. Okay, Pastor. I need to do that. You know what I think the Lord would have me challenge you with? Maybe more this question. How hungry are you? Seriously. How hungry are you? When I get hungry, I eat. Amen? amen so my issue is not here's a book and I'm obligated to read it don't you love that before the semester's over you got to read this thousand page book I mean it's just like hanging over you that's the way we feel about the Bible Sunday. there's a book I'm supposed to read it and especially January I got to read it in the whole year <laughs> and that's gone by now isn't it <laughs> so forget that one now here's the question really how hungry are you because if you're hungry enough you're going to go looking for food you're going to go looking for that spiritual food in god's word think of the opportunities that we have to learn the word of god friends listen i want to tell you something i don't i don't devour god's word in my life because i'm a pastor it helps it helps me in my preaching and teaching to be exposed to god's word but i am hungry Now listen, I'm going to tell you, I struggle too in my own time with the Lord, all that kind of stuff, so I'm not saying that. But I want to tell you something. We have so many opportunities. I cannot miss church this weekend. I can't spare a week, amen? I need some food. I need some direction for this next week. God, give it to me, amen? Are you hungry? That's why we have the growth groups that we have. I mean, think about it. we we meet together here in this big group, but it's kind of hard. You can't raise your hand and say, you know, I mean, you maybe could, but I mean, it's not really the best environment to ask questions and to hash things out, is it? So the the example of God's word, it's in the Old Testament to the New Testament. you a big group and then you break up into smaller groups. An incredible opportunity that now you get to ask people. I don't understand that. Or Pastor Robbie was sharing this. I'm struggling with that. Will you pray for me? Now think about that progression we get exposed, we're hearing, God's speaking to us, now we get to kind of massage it, work on it, kind of see how it looks in real life. What about our daily time of the Lord? I've told you before, I don't think there's a lot of secret weapons. I mean, you know, people want secret weapons, but if I was going to give you one silver bullet, I was just sharing with somebody today, as a pastor, this is the only thing I have to offer you guys is that i spend time with god if i don't spend time with god i don't have anything to say to you guys i don't the only thing i have i don't even know why he did this but when i was a little boy god gave me a heart for him if i was not a pastor i would still be seeking god i'm hungry for him amen guys that is if there is a secret weapon if you want to get to know god better you got to spend time with him every day and, and i talked about being exposed as much as possible why do i listen to christian radio it's not because i you know I have philosophically i'm against this music or that music I, tell you, I just don't have enough time i've already lost a lot amen i gotta keep growing And when I hear godly men, men of God speaking God's word and sharing things, I say, oh, I never thought, I never noticed that. Oh, that's a great application. Man, I'm a real knucklehead. You know, or whatever it is God speaks to me about, and he just continually shapes and hones. That's how you learn God's word. You've got to be exposed to it. The more you know, the more you can grow. But you know what? As soon as I say that, this little red flag goes up. And that's the last thing i want to talk to you about what's the purpose of this knowledge now i want you to make sure that you're paying attention because you may miss what i'm about to say and 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 it seems subtle but it's a big divergence here okay we could all be at the same place on the same page but but we could go in some different directions right here listen very clearly god's word says we need more knowledge you challenged by that tonight I'm hungry, I want to know more. I want to understand God better. That's true. But we've got to watch out for a trap that many Christians have fallen into. God does not challenge us to grow in information, just or in knowledge, just so we can have more information. He wants us to have the information so that we can grow closer to Him. Let me put it this way: Many Christians have their notebook okay i'm glad you guys take notes Uh, many of you do i'm glad that you keep up with those notes i'm glad if you use that in your personal time of the lord if i were you i'd probably do the same thing here's what our church is talking about i'm not sure where to go in god's word i'm going to go with our church and i'm going to keep kind of chewing on what pastor robbie shared i'm going to track down the verses that he i think that's wonderful i don't want to discourage that if that's a heart of god i want to know you better but here's what I see many times with Christians. Oh, yeah, Pastor Robbie, he preached on prayer like in 2006. I got the notes. You want to know anything about prayer? Yeah, I've already done that one. Spiritual gifts, yeah, we did that one a couple years ago. I got the notes on that. I could pull that out. I can tell you, here's what, here's what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Witnessing, yep, here's all the verses. I've got that. I've got my notes. I know all there is to know about that. And here's what happens the next time Pastor Robbie preaches on prayer, that person's going to say, I've already heard this. I got the notes. I can probably kind of lay out a couple weeks or, you know, at least, you know, I'll volunteer for nursery that week or we wouldn't mind that week. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we kind of zone out, don't we? Now, what does that say? That's saying my focus was on getting some information. Now that I have the information, I've been there, done that. I don't need to learn that anymore. I've already learned that. See how dangerous that is? See, I found myself a couple years ago I was reading through the Gospel of John when I got to John 3.16. I said, well, gospel, Okay, and then go on to verse 17. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Robbie, this is one of the greatest verses in all of the Bible, most powerful verses, and you just treat it like it was nothing. And I just stuck a flag in the ground. I said, We're gonna stay on John 3.16 for a week. And I just chewed on that and prayed through it, and I'm telling you, it was awesome. Listen, this is not just information. The Bible says about itself that it is alive and powerful and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, which was the sharpest sword that they would have had back during that period. It is able to pierce down to the depths of my heart. When I come to the Bible, I'm not just looking for information. Or, as we might say with what we're saying here, I'm not just looking for new information. I am looking for God, Amen. And it's different than oh, I already read that page of the newspaper. I mean, that is a challenge for us, isn't it? If I had already read a page, if I've already read a book, it's hard for me to read a book a second time. I'm like, you know, I've already read that. And there's, I mean, it's just, you know, I know what's going to happen. I know I'm missing some things, but I got other things to read. I'm moving on. So it's a challenge, isn't it? I've already read this page, but it is not a book just to read and get the information. You meet with God on those pages. If I read the same book over and over for a week, God can meet with me at different places in that verse. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Amen? You see, there's something. listen, there's something about knowledge or understanding more that if you're not careful can lead to pride. I'm scared of this. Even though we may not mean for it to go that way, it can actually take us farther away from God than we ever were before. Listen to this verse. This is, this is a great verse for what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. In the second part of that verse, it says, Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. That's not near as good as I think the King James says. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up okay knowledge makes me proud why because i know more than you right i'll always if i'm learning something i'll know more than somebody so if i want to compare and i want to justify myself i can just say look at all i know love needs knowledge right i'm gonna have some knowledge in order to have a relationship but it's not just knowledge love builds up Love grows things. God says that's what He wants us to be about. You think it's going to be super important to God when you stand before Him one day that you know all 66 of the Bible in order and can say them in three minutes? And so some of the kids say, well, why have we been learning that in Awana? (laughs) Because isn't it nice when Pastor Robbie says, turn to the book of so-and-so, that I'm not like, well, what book is that? Where's that at? Isn't it nice to feel better about, hey, I know, and that's with a seminar this weekend. I got a little bit better idea about how God's Word fits together. Now, I can't stop there. Some of us that were in that video there, we could say, we know more than y'all now. <laughs> we got a bunch of hand signals and stuff. We got a club going. It's the no more than the rest of you club. And some of you say, so amen that's what god says so are you closer to god today because of that are are you are you now you know what you might be right i tell you what the way that pastor approached that seminar i feel closer to god right now than i did last night there were some things i was thinking about i thought i was going to learn some information that would later help me to use god's word but he did an awesome job of showing us this is not just information i'm teaching you he helped us to think about life transformation all the way through, looking at all those, all those things we're on. Isn't that awesome? Listen to some more verses. John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life. Man, this is really life right here. That they may know you. Not know about you. That they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then Jeff mentioned these uh, verses a while ago. Jeremiah 9, 23. Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me. The only good thing in my life is the extent to which I've come to know Christ as my Savior, and I'm gradually moving more and more close to Him. As I get to know Him, and as I respond and interact with that information, and allow God to work it in my life, that's the good thing in my life. Amen? tonight God is saying to us there's some more things I want to give you there's some more information that you're not aware of some of us full well know that because some of us feel like I don't even know where to start in this book you never you never read it and you know what I'm so glad you're here hey we're a church where we just want to we just want to encourage you nobody's looking over and saying I can't believe you don't know where Malachi is okay I love it when people act like they know everything and then they make a mistake like that, you know? <laughs> Oh, you don't know the book of Job? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I just, I don't even know where to start. I want to encourage you. God wrote a book. And if you'll come here and meet with us every week, we'll do the best we can to help you understand that book. That's what we have to offer you, okay? It's God's offer. Friends, if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, it, it gets a little more challenging because you think, oh, I've read that before. Oh, I know what Genesis 1-1 says. Or, yeah, I, yep, you know, you can quote it. You say it right when the pastor mentions the verse. Well, good for you. But if it's not changing your life, okay. That is, we haven't gone far enough, have we? Okay, here's the way I see it. If you know John three sixteen so well, then man, you really ought to be getting something out of it. Amen? If you're so familiar with it, it's not that you should back off from it, you should go further with it, with applying it to your lives. We need that information. It's going to be found in God's Word. But as we're doing that, let's be very careful. It bothers me about our church. Many of you feel intimidated by the Bible, but through the years, you're going to feel better about it. When you go out in your family, when you go out in the community, when you go to your workplace and other people are where you are right now, you're going to think, huh, can't believe you don't know the Bible like I do. Don't do that, amen? You just say, God, thank you for what you've taught me. And Lord, would you please use me to help others get to know you better? Now you're on to something. Let's bow before him. Father, we thank you that you can be known. Lord, I'm so grateful for a church that I believe wants to know you. I believe that. But I don't know hearts for sure. The way that we'll show that we truly want to know you is we'll have a hunger for you. And when you speak to us, we'll respond to it. Because it's not enough just to hear the information. We must interact with it, receive it, trust it, obey it, surrender to it, and follow you. So help us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Has God shown you something tonight? Isn't he good about that? The Bible seems there's one of the, I think it's one of the parables in the Gospels that talks about that the kingdom of God is kind of like a guy who has this chest and he brings out old things and new. Isn't that the way it is with the Lord? Maybe God reminded you of something that you had forgotten about tonight. He's good about that, isn't he? Maybe God showed you something new in His Word or in your heart or in your life that you need to interact with tonight and respond to. Right now, I want to give you that opportunity to let the Lord do something with that. You know, remember we said that's not enough. Is that knowledge going to make a difference in your life?